Hello, uh, I'm I'm Dash. This is all the way down, uh, and I'm here with the other guy. The other guy. That's my name. What up, Knox? Hey, buddy. I just had to update the title live to 22, all the way epi- all the way down episode 22. Yes, yes. Uh, I've got I've got some shit that I'm like really excited about this week. What about you? I've got some shit that I am uh, party mild about. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. So, uh, uh, I, I think I talked a whole bunch last week, though. So I'm, I feel like I should just uh, let you take it away. Yeah, that's that's fair. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of uh, what I want to organize. Man, I'm also trying to think of the things I talked about last week because I got a stack of games here. I know I talked about the Atlas motorcycle racer on Super Nintendo. Yep. Um, I know I've talked about Soccer Wars before. <laughs> Yep. No, I've talked about these two fishing games. These fishing games. What is the stack that I was going through? So, I never got to actually play Tomb Raider like I wanted to for that challenge. Well, again, that's like not until October. We're going to both be playing it. Oh, I thought that was August. No, I th- didn't we ju- didn't we go through this when you mentioned it before? Most likely. I think, I think we're both going to be playing Tomb Raider in October. Mm-hmm. Went through uh, Blaster Master Zero. Have I talked about uh, Panzer Dragoon yet on the um, Switch? I I think you. I don't remember a little bit. I think I, I might have actually. It's an on rail shooter. Have you seen it before? Kind of. Where you ride Not a dragon? Really, though I I've only seen like the the Dreamcast one. Well, I'm I- I'm gonna oh uh, Dreamcast uh, Xbox OG Xbox Panzer Dragoon Orta. Right? Oh, okay. But yeah. the original Panzer Dragoon Saga, right? Was Saturn. Was Dreamcast game? Saturn. Thing? Saturn. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I haven't tried those yet either yet. Um, let me see. I think everything that I have played new has probably been on PC. And, uh, man, I guess the one thing that's going to come to my mind first off is a game called Grip. And I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I actually gave it a little bit of a deeper dive um, since then. And that was a while ago if I did talk about it. But uh, have you heard of Roll Cage? I feel like I've definitely had this conversation with you. Mm, I don't remember Roll Cage. Roll Cage is a PS1 game. Um, it's a PS1 rate, like art arena. It's weird to call it an arena racer. But that's kind of what I would call it. It's uh, it's Mario Kart, except without all the Mario and all the kids yeah. stuff. But also, like, you know, you'd think on the spectrum there, you'd go to the other end, like, oh, shit, there's probably explosions. There's probably blood and there's screaming, like Twisted Metal or some shit. No, it's not that either. Um, okay. it's, it's pretty much right in between where there's pretty much no violence. It's all just, I mean, of course, there's explosions. But um, imagine a really immersive uh okay and for context here i was about to say racing game i'm sorry i keep going on tangents but have you ever seen that rc car commercial in the 90s called ricochet 
Yes, those were the those were the RC cars that if they flipped on their top, yes. they could still drive upside down or right side up. Huge uh, revolution in RC car toy uh, technology because most of the time, I don't know if you guys ever had this as a kid, but I had a couple RC cars as a kid, and you'd fuck around it with it for literally two seconds, it would get stuck on something or flip upside down. And then it was useless until you took 10 minutes walking over to it and then flipping it up again. This kind of like, you know, this this circumvented that. Anyways, the car design is such that it's just four big fucking tires and a car somewhere in the middle um, such that, yes, you can land on your roof and still be able to, to, to go forward in that direction. Um, pretty cool. Uh, like... Tactic? That's not the word I was looking for. Technique of development. And now what what that allows you to do in a racing game is it allows you to add a lot more surfaces and such on a track instead of just being a a single two-dimensional flat track that you're driving on. You can get a lot more Hot Wheelsy with it where you have, uh, well, A, multiple tracks, of course, but B, it's like you're kind of in like a a tunnel in a lot of different times. And you kind of have to choose... Uh, how fast you want to go because in, in certain points it's actually up to you to manipulate the gravity from being on the ceiling to falling back down manipulating it via your entry speed to get you to a certain part of a track does that make sense okay yeah you're talking about like you have to move fast enough to you almost have to loop it's almost like you have to run forward and then jump to fall back upside down <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah, like what you said. Like um, that part in Men in Black where they are driving through the tunnel? Yeah. And they, that's a, button, they push the button? That is a great example. I'm glad you brought that up because that is <laughs> perfectly illustrates what I'm talking about. Because when he hits the little red button and the, the fucking turbine engines come out the back of the, of the Ford Crown Victoria LTD, the whole fucking thing just goes on the ceiling of the tunnel because... You know, there's a flat surface up there with which you could drive on if ever hypothetically you could, because that's how tunnels are designed. But also, B, it's up being centrifugal force, like shoved against the ceiling. So, like, that's kind of like a lot of the situations in racing here. Um, So you get, like, this cool, like, not Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels effect of racing where it's obviously super unrealistic, arcadey, fun, you know craziness um and a lot of it's down to reflex and all this but you, you then you pour right on top of it the entire mario kart item system uh except most of its guns and god damn it i i didn't know until like a recent update but they totally added a blue shell mechanic and that is my gripe with grip they added a blue okay, shell okay. mechanic because i was just gonna <laughs> ask like i'm a little confused as to whether you're talking about roll cage or grip right yes now. So Grip is the spiritual successor made by some of the original dev team at the company um, published by Psygnosis that made Roll Cage. So okay. Grip is a modern, a modern interpretation using, I want to say the Unreal Engine, pretty sure it's Unreal, um, and, and making it something that, uh, that the PlayStation 1 could never do, which is high frame rate, good high texture graphics, you know. With the, with Roll Cage, it's definitely a thirty frame game, which is kind of a bummer because 
it's a high action game, and at certain points where the where the, where it doesn't have to render a whole lot, it moves pretty fast. Like you know how a PC game does when you go inside a game or it's a inside a house inside of a game or something like that. Um, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. It gets a little bit of a boost here and there, but mostly it's a lower frame rate game for what should be higher. So uh, you get what you didn't get before, and you get it in a little bit more modern and familiar of a system because i'm sure a lot of people who would enjoy racing games like that would probably also enjoy mario kart so yeah um i could be talking out my ass here but my my, the thing i just complained about the blue shell mechanic is why i actually fucking hate mario kart um i'm i'm okay with uh with with snes mario kart actually i don't think that one had a blue shell did it I don't think it did, no. It's the only one that has That's Super before its title. Um, Super Mario Kart. Um, yeah, I liked yeah. that one. It was a neat little game. Um, but, but like, any kind of game where there's a mechanic for the person in dead last place to just royally fuck the person who's done well in the game pisses me off. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is funny, too, in Mario Kart, because it's like, if... If the person in last place gets a blue shell, that doesn't even help them, you know? Yeah. To knock, back, to knock uh, out the person in first place a little bit doesn't even advance them at all. No, it, it uh, incentivizes but, you to, to race in second place for the whole fucking match. <laughs> well, I, you know, as a, as a Mario Kart connoisseur, I disagree. Ooh, if- hang on. I like that you're a Mario Kart fan. This is good. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I had to point this out because we are, like, so opposites on the things that we like and and i i like i like hearing your perspective go ahead <laughs> well i if you're playing well enough in mario kart you should be far enough ahead where where one explosion isn't gonna even put you in second place it I should agree. make competition stiffer because if you're like if you're well into first place then you don't have to really worry about green shells or any other weapons because no one is that close behind you you know what i mean uh, and so the blue shell is kind of the only threat. Plus, in Mario Kart 8, they added a weapon that's able to destroy blue shells. Have you seen Ooh, no, I have not. This? Yeah, there's like a speaker it is, and it, and it just makes a little shockwave around you that can blow up the guys that are right next to you. Oh. But the Maybe. thing is in that one, yeah, yeah, the, the blue shells don't just ram your ass immediately. They kind of like hover up above you and then drop on you. Mm-hmm. And if you hit the speaker while they're above you, it destroys them. So they did address that too. Nice. Um, yeah. Eight. That is, is Eight is the one that's on the Switch, right? The only one on the Switch. Yeah. Well, it was originally on Wii U. That's what I was going to ask. Card. Yeah. Yep. And then Eight Deluxe is the Switch version. Did they add content? Uh, that's a good, I, I think so. Well, okay, so 8 had DLC, like mm-hmm. they added a couple more tracks and characters and stuff, so the Switch version has all that stuff in it. I don't remember if there was anything else that they added. There probably is, but I don't super remember. I'm kind of uh, doing this thing where I want every every game that got ported from the Wii U to the Switch. I kind of just want it for a Wii U. <laughs> Because oh, I like yeah, the Wii U yeah. a lot. Yeah, well, don't miss out on Tokyo Mirage Sessions. It's like the best one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You, I, I remember watching you go through that on, on Twitch. I didn't watch too much of it, but it looked <laughs> interesting. It's very it's very good. Uh, so, okay, so you're talking about 
grip is like so what i'm hearing is it's like a it's like a fun arcadey racer uh but it is not cartoony that kind of reminds me of an old game called blur that uh that was like heavily advertised it was supposed to be like a fun arcadey cardi style racer but like for adults that sounds familiar blur yeah did you ever Uh, play it I didn't play it, you know, I don't know how, how far it got. I just remember seeing a lot of advertisements <clears throat> for it and stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I, much more I can talk about Grip, though. I mean, like, it's... Um, I, I will say some of the tracks that I were on uh, may have been, if they weren't, felt like they were user-created, because some of them were really shitty and not really well thought out, like, like texture-wise. It didn't even look right. But I think those were just... They had to be community. I, I'm not sure. But... The game itself, I'm, I'm like, if you go to their Instagram, that's pretty much the only place I've seen them promote, and they kind of like, they they have a good team promoting it. It's like they they have a post here, and it's like, hey, we got this new DeLorean car, and it's like, whoa, you could get this model now, or hey, uh, what's your favorite thing about uh, this track or something, and it. I don't remember seeing a whole lot of engagement when I last looked, but man, not there's like nobody who plays this game. Like you go on Twitch at least, like no streamers play this game. Um, so yeah, yeah. So so a couple other details, right? So you said it's on Steam. It's an indie game. I'm I'm guessing uh, based on. I think it's else. fair to call it indie because I think they have a they have one of those names for their studio that's like you know directly taken from a game. If that makes sense. Oh, like it's inspired by another game title or something? Yeah, and I'm trying to like, think of a game but give you an example for that I've heard. Symphony of the Night Studios or something like that. But Project like, Aces for the Ace Combat series. That's okay. pretty... Yeah. Oh, you're saying more something like that. Um, Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, Like the opposite of which would be like Rare. Because <laughs> Rare makes everything and everything that right, they make right. is good and it's all different. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but at this point, like Persona is just made by like P Studios or something like. Oh, that. Oh yeah, exactly. You know? That's a that's a great yeah, example. Okay. I didn't think that. I thought Atlas was still making that directly. Well, there it's Atlas, but like just a division you know, of Atlas. Yeah, like within Atlas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Um, um, yeah, but I mean, like uh, it's. I guess what I was trying to say was uh, there's just there's just not a lot of people playing it or knowing about it, and I. I like the game, man. It needs a little bit of work. Like, it, it, Keep in mind, I've played this game for a grand total of maybe four hours so far, so I don't know the game yet, but I do know that whenever I play it uh, single player, oh, man, and another thing is it's not well optimized at all. Like, I, I have to play it in legit 720p um, with all the okay. settings down in order for me to stream it, which I did the other day. Yeah, you were mentioning that a second ago, and that seems like a really big deal for a racing game. I feel like, yeah. like if it's fa- if if the if the action is relatively fast, I can't imagine when the gr- um, when the graphics are cranked and it looks great. My computer still runs it pretty pretty well, just fine. It's just when I'm trying to stream it on the same PC, that's when it oh, takes a dump. Okay. Yeah. Now that said, too, so is it multiplayer? Like, uh, oh yeah, it's it's meant to be online multiplayer, and that's kind of like the the big thing about this too is like you never used to be able to play Roll Cage online. It was a PS One game, and like then you had to get people who liked racing games, and then you had to get people who can 
can stand split screen. Oh my god, I hate split screen. That's another that's another rant. <laughs> but yeah. um I I played a demo of it. It was on a demo disc that I had a long time ago and it was phenomenal. Just one track, uh I mean simple power-ups, weapons like you get a shotgun, you get a chain gun, you get missiles, you get homing missiles. Uh uh, in the new game with grip uh you, you i think some of those are exclusive to grip only but grip also has like this shield like it'll deploy like a holographic shield on just the back of your car to avoid getting hit um it has the blue shell mechanic which in this game it's it's like a blue flare that just like a rocket like and then just launches in front of you and slowly just goes off like a blue shell would but more boring you know um yeah yeah, yeah. and it, Did you ever it, play uh crash team racing Yes, and I loved it. I loved Crash Team Racing. Because that game had the orb, which was like a blue shell. But if you were juiced, remember if you were juiced, where you had collected 10 fruit, Mm. then the orb would hit every player down the track until (laughs) it hit the first guy? See, that's something that actually helps the guy out in last place. Yeah. This is it. There you go. Uh, I I don't remember that, because the last time... Man. The last time I saw that game in my hands was returning it in the slit at blockbuster so uh, i, yeah, I yeah, yeah. don't remember the the juiced mode but it sounds familiar i do remember this about crash team racing i had way more fun in arena mode than i had in the actual racing oh yeah 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 a lot of people really liked the the battle modes i remember crash team racing also having a good adventure mode where like you drove around a hub to find the different challenges and that kind of thing. Oh, I don't remember um, that. Yeah, yeah, I remember the the yeah the single player was was pretty cool on it. Uh, I haven't played it in a long time, but I yeah I, from from what I recall that game was uh, really cool, like uh, better than you would expect, kind of. Yeah. Um, from I, you know Crash Bandicoot being like, hey, we're doing it too, you know. That game wasn't Naughty Dog, was it? I don't know who actually made it. If, if if Naughty Dog actually made it, I'm not sure. I don't think Naughty Dog it did make it. I don't think Naughty Dog has has the had the experience at the time for racing games like that. I'm pretty sure yeah. they just contracted it out. There was also Crash Bash, which was like the Crash Bandicoot version of Mario Party. And I, I wanted it. Too. I never I never <laughs> saw that in stores to buy it. I was so mad I couldn't find it. Um I remember playing it and liking it, but I mean, I was a kid. It'd be really interesting to see if it was any good now. Yeah. Especially now that I've played a bunch of Mario Party, and I don't think I had back then. Naughty Dog did indeed develop Crash Team Racing. Wow. Oh, sweet. I shouldn't doubt them. They're like one of the best video game companies. Yeah, well, there you go. Now, now Crash Bash, on the other hand, was made by Eurocom Entertainment Software and Cerny Games. Eurocom? They made... Yeah, whoever the hell that is. (laughs) I don't know. Well, they they went bankrupt in 2012, apparently. Uh, Eurocom is known for the the Game Boy NES Lethal Weapon. (laughs) Um, Are they really known for that, though? Well, I'm just naming things that look <laughs> familiar. Uh, known for such amazing hits as Family Feud on the Panasonic 3DO. <laughs> oh, cool. To be fair, well, it was also hey, Genesis, but yeah. You know, from what I remember, though, Crash Bash was pretty good, but maybe I should play it again and find out. Oh, 40 Wings. I remember that was a good demo. I played that. 
Oh, and but they also anyway. they also did the Mortal Kombat Gold Dreamcast port. <laughs> wow, I did, I so much stuff I've never heard of. Wait, you haven't heard uh, of uh, Mortal Kombat Gold? Uh, no, I've heard of Killer Instinct Gold for N sixty four. Hmm. So, uh, Mortal Kombat Gold, uh, if memory serves, is just Mortal Kombat four, but way better and on Dreamcast. Um, yeah, you know, I think we've touched on this before, but like my, my entire experience and knowledge base around Mortal Kombat ends with Trilogy. Trilogy As it should. Like, that was like the last Mortal Kombat I played. You know, it already had a hundred characters yes. in it, you know? Um, actually I, I recently did a quiz. I was doing like some quizzes online on Sporkle, if you've ever heard of that site. Sporkle? <laughs> yeah. There's a website called Sporkle that, you know, they just have like a bunch of quizzes that are kind of fun, you know, and you can pick a category, right? And I was looking through the video game categories, and there was one that was like, can you name every Mortal Kombat character? Ooh, I I can. And I was like, fuck yeah. I go on there. I can name like half the guys from Trilogy. (laughs) But then there's just years and years of characters that I've never heard of after that. That's just like, uh, you know, I had no idea this was happening. There's a few. There, I was going to say, there's a few that even I would have trouble with. Like, I think there's characters like Nitara, um, uh, Scarlet. I don't fucking understand Scarlet. But then, like, what was what's funny about it is that I did, like, kind of look back at Mortal Kombat uh, on when they did Mortal Kombat 9, you know? Mm. That one I paid a little <clears throat> bit more attention to because it was like, Mortal Kombat's back, you know? And so I was like, oh, look, let's, let's check it out. And all the characters that I saw in that game were, you know, Rain and Air Mac and uh, Baraka and yeah. stuff. I don't even... Well, that's because no, 9 is trilogy, essentially. Yeah, it was all the characters I recognized. So, you know, I had no idea that there was just like years and years of other characters that I'd never heard of. You know what it's exactly like? Not to go on too much of a tangent, but it's exactly like professional wrestling, where when I was a kid, I watched WWE, you know, except it was WWF at the time. Uh -uh. uh, No, no, no. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I got, see, I get WWE and WCW mixed up all the time. But yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, so so I watched like SmackDown when I was a kid, uh, and then le- it changed WWE at some point. But yep. then, uh, but then I didn't watch it for years and years and years. And when I came back, it was like all the same people still still doing matches. You know, it was Brock Lesnar was still the champion. We were still talking about the Undertaker. You know, we're still talking about uh, Shawn Michaels. You know. Um, so anyway, that, which is that funny because cool. like uh, I I dropped off of WWF before Brock Lesnar came in, and as soon as I came back to wrestling a little bit, I heard one of those names, Brock Lesnar. I'm like, who are these clowns? And little did I know, he's just like, you know, one of the largest fucking humans on the planet. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a very large dude. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, all right, all right. So, so any fi- any final thoughts on on grip? on grip? Are you, uh, are you gonna play more of it? I'm gonna play more of it, but honestly, it's hard to recommend other people play it because I can't stream it. Not yet. Not until I get a two PC setup. Um, okay. It can't handle it. It's it's a bummer. Uh, like I, it it did handle it, but it made it look like it was 
a launch 360 game right. <laughs> graphics wise so um, yeah for people who aren't streaming it though maybe maybe check it out i'd say check it out for anyone right now i think when it's not on sale it's only 30 bucks on steam um mm-hmm. it goes on sale pretty frequently from what i've seen i mean it's everything that on steam really does um but if you just need like a fun racing game that's not like a simulating game it's just like something that's fun to play with physics with it's like half racing game half shooter half physics fun box honestly recommend it grip go check it out sweet uh so i so i've been playing okay how do you feel about fixed camera angles um I love limitations, but when I played, um, and this is actually, thank you for asking, this reminds me of a game I could talk about tonight. Uh, when I played Resident Evil 1 and 2, couldn't stand it. It didn't work for me. But I did play a game recently that is like a clone, a spiritual, like, you know, like it wanted to be exactly like Resident Evil 1 and 2, like on the PS1, where you have the fixed camera or fixed camera angles, quote unquote, even though it's pre-rendered backgrounds. Uh, And you move about, you have tank controls and all that. And I found it to be incredibly engaging for how slow the action was. And I thought it was actually really fun. But that's just you know the resident evil style game fixed camera angles in 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 what context well i, I yeah resident evil is kind of what i'm getting at oh, okay is um because yeah so what what game were you talking about a second ago vaccine is oh, a game called i've vaccine. heard about this isn't this like a roguelike yes and i didn't find that I, oh this is the beautiful thing about it kind of wish you didn't say that <laughs> so like uh it is a roguelike um, in that you start off in a room and you start off in a different room every time and uh, you work your way out of that room and the camera angles you find out after a few rooms, you're, it, it gives you this really cool sense of overarching horror and it uses the fact that it's a roguelike to its advantage in that kind of, in that, in that aspect. So essentially you wake up in a room. You got a you, you got like a, a knife that you can pick up off the ground. Your 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 wife or something is in bed, and you're trying to save her. You need to get the vaccine, and you have thirty minutes to get it. So you have thirty minutes to countdown to get this vaccine to her. Um, there's zombies everywhere, Resident Evil style. Some of them are a little faster than others. Uh, you get a little pistol. Um, you can get a different weapon too. But like you know, Resident Evil inventory style. Uh, yeah yada yada weapons it's it's pretty much exactly like resident evil i don't know how else to describe it other than that you have tank controls you can use the arrow keys to left and right turn your direction that you're facing in the room in a 3d space front and back to walk forward and back in that direction and then uh you use that to you use your controls to also hit a key and pull out your gun and aim your gun and you know you got to make sure you're pointed just right and make sure you can hit the enemy and all that shit but it's a roguelike in that you keep moving once you get to these rooms and you're like oh fuck i've been here before but you haven't been there before it's just that room is repeated in a in a pattern that you do not understand until honestly it'd probably help you if you could take the time to write like down like a little map you know and that way you, you don't get lost 
because that's part of the in game. There's no map in game. No, it's all it's it's hardcore. I like to call it hardcore because I get that from first person shooter games. You know, no HUD, mm-hmm. um, no HUD, okay, no and, HUD, and it's super easy to die. Mm-hmm. Could be talking out my ass. Maybe there is a HUD, but it's very minimal. My impression, my memory of it is that it was minimal. Um, there probably is a HUD. I have, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> okay, but anyway it's you're focused on the timer that's pretty much the only hud i remember is the timer so you're going through running through trying to figure out oh fuck have i been here before no i haven't been here before it's just exactly like the room i've been in before and so you got to figure out which way to get back and yada yada it's it's a it's countdown okay is there anything like there's locked doors that you got to find keys for locked doors it's a puzzle kind of thing you got to work out um graphics wise it looks very similar to the polygon-esque style of the the characters in resident evil while you have that 2d pre-rendered background that your polygons just walk on really the backgrounds look like they're 2d pre-rendered even Boy, man, it's been weeks since I played this. I hope I'm remembering oh. this right. <laughs> as far as I remember, uh, that or I'm crossing wires in my memory about another game that I wanted to tell you about that oh, was okay. fantastically atrocious. Uh, but we'll, we'll keep talking about Vaccine for a minute, though. Yeah, yeah. So Vaccine is... Um, a, it puts you in such a, a really great state of mind that you would be in in like a horror survival game like oh fuck have i been here what am i doing do i have ammunition to take on whatever's in the next room can i dodge it can i run can i use an object to my you know to 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 get the fuck out um to get the vaccine or conversely you're thinking about oh fuck maybe i have to come back this way and then can you get through it then uh yeah it's it's a lot of stuff going on in a, a small amount of time, the action is very slow, but it's very like, um, <laughs> you know how in your nightmare, <laughs> whenever you're having a nightmare, you punch like like your arm is like made of two loaves oh. of bread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it is. You 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 kind of feel that struggle through the whole game. Like why why is a gun so ineffective? Like why do I have to shoot a zombie so many times for it to go down? Um, maybe there's like weak spots, etc. You get you kind of look for. Um, and there's I mean, could you use a melee weapon? Uh, yes and no is the answer a lot of times. Because if you get a knife against a zombie, I mean, you can get a couple stabs in and they're still going to bite you. And, and, yeah, yeah. but like against other types of creatures, that may work. Like, say, a guard dog or something like that. I don't know. It's, yeah. Well, like, in, it, like in Resident Evil, a lot of the time the strat is like you shoot a zombie a couple times till they fall down mm. and then you run up and knife them while they get up and then like <laughs> if you haven't killed them yet, then you run away and you start shooting them again. Why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> this, is high, this is high level Resident Evil play. <laughs> high level Resident Evil play or sadistic torture? <laughs> yeah, you <I> pick. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean... It's, it's got this dark, dingy look to the graphics. It's not bright and colorful. It's it's dark. Um, it's it's like you're one minute it's like you're in a hotel room, and then the next minute it's like you're walking out the back of a mansion, and it's like it's wh- what is this building? Where am I? You know, it's 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 very 
it puts you in a, in a sense of unease, despite looking like you're playing a PS1 game and it being pretty lo-fi, you know? And I, that's honestly kind of becoming one of my favorite genres of games is the horror genre, but incredibly hardware limited. Because, yeah. like, the power of suggestion is just, like... Dude, there's like there's like memes that you can look up online of people making horror stories from three sentences, like three sentence horror stories. And I, oh, sure. I love that kind of stuff. The fact that people can be so creative under such such ridiculous limitations. This is this is why I uh, was bringing up that game Faith uh, in one of our earlier episodes, where it's like Commodore sixty four graphics. <laughs> Well, yeah, de- definitely, like, if you do horror right, you can just kind of suggest something that then makes the viewer mm-hmm. just kind of imagine something scarier than the actual property, mm-hmm. you know, or that kind of thing. Uh, right, like someone just kind of makes up whatever the scariest thing they can make up is in their head without even trying, you know, if you just suggest that something's wrong. And on the opposite uh, end of that spectrum, you have things that... Uh, can have all the high fidelity graphics all day, um, and and be flashy as fuck, and and uh, it just oh hyper realistic puts you in that mind space, super easy to get immersed into the action is what I'm saying, and then use such a simple concept and and repeat it over and over, and people who have played PT probably know I'm talking about PT, which is the fear of what's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Well, PT is definitely like the, the like that game is super super good looking, mm-hmm. but it does kind of a similar. It's so thing it's of, so stupid though. Yeah, but it, it's so well, effective in how stupid it is. You know. Well, I, I was gonna say it 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 does the same thing of n- not showing you not actually showing you a threat, mm-hmm. just making you make it up in your head and be scared of it. You know. Like every time, like the way that in PT, like you can only turn at such a, at such a speed. And every time that you turn, your vision blurs a little bit. I didn't even so think like, about that. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like every single time that you have to turn around in that game, you're a scared of something, Yeah. not what they've shown you. They haven't shown you anything to be scared of. So you're making up this possibility in your head, you know? And, and yeah, that's like really effective. My friend Nikki, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen her in one of my streams where we play uh, the Tales of the Abyss game. Um, she is uh, my ground in those kinds of games because like, I could not get through PT at all. I was a huge pansy. I couldn't get through it at all. And she was like, give me the controller. <laughs> and she just like fucking like sprinted through there and just did every obstacle. And I'm like... But like, like, there's like a puzzle at the end, and you got to figure out what's going on, and things change a little bit. Not going to spoil it for those who haven't played it yet, but will somehow still have the means to come across. Um, it's <sighs> she got me through that so easy, and I was mad at how like not affected by that shit she is because I'm the kind of person. It's like I, I when I play a video game, I'm immersed in it. And that includes like emotionally and sense like sensibly like my all my senses are attuned to it. So like if I play a horror game, I am just like a four year old, <laughs> just like like I'm I'm terrified. Um, but like when it comes to like horror movies, I'm fine. I fucking love horror movies. I can watch it all day. But if I'm in a game, I'm just like I'm. It's a whole another ball game. Yeah, de- definitely for me. Like I I I feel like. I'm able to be really susceptible 
uh but something simple can break it like like uh amnesia i mm. thought was like pretty genius for the first half of it right and i was like super super into it and i thought the game was terrifying and i could only play it for like a little bits of, of time at a time because it was so stressful you know mm-hmm. but then you get like halfway through the game and you get to this part where there's this i can't remember his name but there's this guy that's like tied up in a in like a thing uh, and he's like missing his jaw or something, but he's like talking to you and he's telling you that I you actually have haven't like, gotten this far. Oh yeah. Well, I was oh, too man. terrified to get that far. It's a little, well, so the thing is he's like speaking to you, right? Uh, but he's there and he's alive, but he's like, he's he missing really his jaw because he's like missing his jaw and he doesn't really, you know, whatever, but he's like speaking to you in this clear voice. Oh, that it's, would break it for me. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of weird. And then not only that, but every, like this becomes like your new little hub and there's like three different ways to go. And every single time that you walk back into the room, he starts saying the same thing to you. God damn. And it just, it like ruins the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's so unimmersive, and yeah, so like the you know something like that is just like ah, <laughs> um, you know, or like it, it and and uh, like that Mass Effect thing I was talking to you about, where you have all this like crazy introduction to this new crazy huge space station that humans are only recently a part of, and you're just like you know paying your respects to the people there in conversation and it's all just this normal flow and then some of the dialogue options are what are they, what is this place yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know one of the things that just throw the entire vibe off like mm-hmm. instantly and that's kind of like why i feel like some people are afraid to do like that's not the main reason but i feel like that's some people one of the reasons some people are mainly afraid to do the negative dialogue option because they don't want to be mean to an NPC. But also, like, I've seen, like, games where I would like to take the, like, the, the evil route and do negative dialogue options. But, like, the negative dialogue options sound either way different from their caption that would hint to you as to what's about to be said, or they're just way off in general like it doesn't make sense like why would this why would anyone say that it like doesn't make sense to the context of the situation yeah yeah it's like it's just like one of the pre-recorded like fable reminds me of this a a little bit right like like there there's negative options just for the sake of having them Mm -hmm. like we've made we've made a conversation system where you can either be negative or positive but it doesn't always make sense so they're just contrived or if it's like an elder scrolls game and you see the negative uh response options and you go but uh, you want to do whatever but like you can plain as day see what uh, what the response of the of those choices will be that pl- like clear as day adva- are going to advance the plot, and it's just like yeah. well if you're not trying to waste your time with dialogue options, click this. And I guess you know for a game with mass market appeal and people who don't like reading a whole lot, maybe that's a better thing for the game. But I it's unimmersive, you know. It's one of the things that takes me out of something. Like why have the dialogue? Lo- do I have the dialogue option if it's just going to be shitty? 
Yeah, and like back to the like horror games kind of breaking you out of it too is like uh it it also makes me think of Alien Isolation mm. where I feel like there's a game that like has a lot of good atmosphere in it, but when you see the aliens start to act like a video game character, then it like totally breaks it, right? Like you can see the AI pathfinding, you know, mm. like figuring its way around a room with this like dumbass <laughs> like alien NPC walking around on its hind legs like it's a guy in a suit you know and it's 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 uh it's just like oh and i i can see the matrix and it's ruining it you know or the endless uh, or the endlessly memeable uh again elder scrolls npcs that walk literally into furniture and push the shit out of the way and <laughs> right yeah oh man the most like unimmersive thing about elder scrolls to me is the way that like you can approach someone who's sleeping you know mm. and you press e on them and they just like they just instantly wake like, the they fuck just, up. They, they they wake up. They sit up. You know they finish sitting up and then they beam at you. You know they turn <laughs> straight to the camera and say good day. And you're like what? What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this, this doesn't. Oh boy. Anyway. Um. All right. So speaking, uh, we we got on this talking about like horror and and fixed camera angles and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I just played through a brand new horror game that came out like a week ago, called Tormented Souls. Uh, yeah, man. I saw. I, I think I I think I saw you tweet about it. You had some pretty damn good things to say about it. Yes. Uh. So this game is it, it's it's. It's like the uh, super old school Resident Evil style where it's fixed camera angles. You've got tank controls. You got to open up your inventory and pick your items or pick your weapons, you know, combine the ammo with the gun to reload it and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, it's more like the Eternal Darkness or Code Veronica style of fixed camera angles, though, where the camera does move, you know? Like, if you're in a hallway, the camera will follow the character through mm. the hallway, you know? Because like Code Veronica was the first, like, 3D Resident Evil, you're saying, yeah. Exactly. And gotcha. that said, this game is 3D, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's like, uh, you know, for some rooms, the camera is, is in position, right? And maybe it just like pans to, to follow the character. Some rooms it's kind of on like a rail, you know, where it like follows you down. Um, and then a lot of the time, you know, like most rooms have multiple camera angles in them where like, you know, uh, so you got tank controls where like you were saying, you press left and right to rotate your character, you press forward to move the character forward from their perspective not yours and then yeah sometimes like you walk across a room and the camera angle will like change a couple times to show you different things and the thing is like a lot of if if you haven't played a game like this before you might look at it and just think that it looks like it's a big pain in the ass and you can't see anything and you can't really tell what a room looks like you know because of because you don't have the free action of moving the camera around to look at it yourself. But what it does for you, though, is it's really, really, really good at setting a mood. Like, whenever you watch a really good movie versus a poorly directed movie, where, like, there's interesting camera shots and camera shots that make you feel a certain way because of how they're done, it introduces that into a game. So it's like... I kind of hate the, you know, a lot of the time, the whole idea of, like, it, uh, acting like a game is cinematic, you know, and... and uh, you don't and like those? To make, 
trying to make games into movies, you know, I'm like not into that normally, but, but you, that it's not quite the same thing as just, as just saying that a good camera angle sets a mood, you know, which it does. So it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fixed camera angles really allow the game developers to control like the mood of each room the uh totally like yeah yeah, like you know some 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 hallways for example sometimes the hallway will be really tight around the character and the camera will be really up close right that claustrophobia feel yeah 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 yeah. following you down the hallway and it's and it's super claustrophobic you know um while other times you know you other times uh one thing that i love and I, I, I remember talking about this a lot during the uh, of when I was talking about Resident Evil Two, um, is when the camera is placed kind of behind something. I always love that too, right? If you've got something like uh, like a ceiling fan, right, or something, um, or just some kind of foreground element. If the camera is kind of behind it, kind of obscuring the character a little bit, I that set that gives you like this weird feeling of like. I, I think it's like being watched is kind of how I If the I camera is it. behind an object, you're saying? Yeah. So like there's an object in the foreground that's between your character and the camera. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. Uh, that always gives me this creeped out feeling like I'm being watched, right? Like something oh, yeah, behind yeah. this thing. You Absolutely. Know? Um, stuff like that I really like. Uh, or there, uh, th- there's also this one particular use of a Dutch angle that I really, really loved in this game where like you enter this one hallway and this is kind of before you've really seen, this is early on in the game before you've actually seen any shit yet. You know what I mean? Where they're still setting the mood and they haven't like shown you a scary thing yet. You get to this one hallway where the camera is super Dutch one way, you know, as in it's tilted. Yeah. And 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 it's doing the thing where it's a hallway, it's a dark hallway, and the camera's behind your character, dutched out. And as you walk forward, as you walk forward, the camera straightens out as it goes forward and then like starts to dutch the other way so you get like this whole like twisting feeling down the hall as you progress like so like when you're at the end of the hallway you're a full like 180 degrees cocked to the left or something like that uh i mean not that extreme but yeah yeah, like like, yeah like 70 to 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 40 i don't know It's like you're Dutch one way starting and you're Dutch the other way ending. And it's like, it's super cool the way that it's done. Let Um, me ask this. So so, Dutch angles, I'm not a film person by any means. I don't, I hardly watch anything, honestly. But wasn't one of the movies that used a lot of Dutch angles like, wasn't it like 2001 A Space Odyssey or something like that? I used to use a few. Okay, we won't argue. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, I really can't say enough good things just about like fixed camera angles and what they can do for a game in general when the game is made for them, and uh, like, like just the thing like placing a character within a door frame and stuff with like an upward shot on. Like, there's, there's so many things that you can do that just that that really make the game super moody it's just like a it's a it's a a downward looking up like a little bit offset angle that's the dutch angle right 
Well, I, I think Dutch just means that the camera is not level. It's it's at an angle. Really? Right? That's all? L- looking up mm. might make it like more enhanced, perhaps, but I, I'm not I'm not positive. Yeah. But I think it really just means that it's 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 uh it's rotated that way. Gotcha. Um but anyway, uh so so the th- getting to Tormented Souls, the thing is that uh, this game uses the fixed camera angles really, really, really well. Uh, so you've got you've got tank controls, um, you've got fixed camera angles that are done super well, and the envi- so the environment that you're in is like a they say it's a hospital, but I don't know, maybe things were different in the in the forties when this hospital was built. <laughs> Uh, but it really looks like a mansion. <laughs> it's got, you know, it's got like a main hall with statues in it and stuff. And there's a, do we play the same game? A, <laughs> What's going on here? Wing. Um, yeah, it, they say it's a hospital, but it's, it looks a lot like a mansion. Um, so yeah, the, like the other thing about like there, there's so much stuff to like gush about with the game. Um, but getting the basics down, right. You're in this hospital kind of environment. The story is that you receive a, a, a picture in the, you receive an item in the mail and your, and your character, Caroline is, is tempted to, or fe- feels that she needs to go to this hospital to investigate what's the deal with this picture I received in the mail. Um, it's very kind of Silent Hilly, uh, with the set, like Silent Hill 2. Remember in Silent Hill 2, the setup is like, he gets I... a letter from his dead wife and is mm. like, wow, my wife is dead. I guess I better go and investigate. Um, it's kind of like that. Uh, and so anyway, um, combat wise uh it's it's very much like resident evil where you don't like aim at different you know you don't go over the shoulder and nothing like that it's like you just you point your gun and you shoot right um and then you get you know your your main weapon is a nail gun uh <laughs> so so you find like nails around as your ammo uh which i just think is great um and uh and and so yeah the 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 Think where it really pops off though, because all of this is just like okay, someone made a Resident Evil game that's recent. But what really like pops off and is really great about the game is the um the story that's being told. I think is super super intriguing. Uh, with like you, what what you get in the mail is a picture of a pair of twins, and as you explore, there's all this stuff talking about like twins. Uh, and all this whole theme about like all, uh, you know, all this research being done on twins, you know, and, and like, what's the reason? Uh, and then you're finding these diaries from a mother and a father that were trying to have children, but they kept failing as in like miscarriages kind of stuff. Yeah. But then eventually they have a pair of twins. Uh, and then like some shit goes down with like their grandparents kidnapping them. Uh, and what? finding. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're finding the diaries of both the parents, the grandparents, the kids themselves. Uh, but you get it, you get it all like out of order, you know. Oh. And you need to like really pay attention in order to like piece together what happened in the story and why, you know. Meanwhile, the mansion that you're in is super gorgeous. Like it looks really good, and uh, and the puzzles. And this is where we get into like the best of the best stuff is the the puzzles and the map layout is 
absolutely beautiful the way that um basically the whole mansion is split up into like four main areas where there's an east wing and a west wing and each of those has a first floor and a second floor and the way that the game is paced is just gorgeous the way that like first you're in you know the first floor east wing for a while and then at some point, oh, you finally, you know, you keep seeing like, okay, this door has like this, you know, this door is locked from the other side. You know, that's normal. This door is locked with a key. This door has like some kind of, some kind of knob on it, you know, that's, or, the, or it's missing a knob, you know. Yeah. This door has like this weird puzzle key lock on it. And I don't know how to interact with that. Um, so you find all these things, but then eventually at some point, oh shit, you get the item that allows you into the main hall and then that gets you access into the West Wing. Ooh, now we're in the West Wing for a while. And, but you know, you, it's, it's almost like, um, it's almost like a Metroidvania a little bit in really? some, in some ways where you keep seeing these things that you can't interact with yet because you don't have the abilities yet you know what, what, what platforms did this come out for uh i played it on steam i don't know if it's on anything else it's only 20 bucks uh so uh, a lot of the time though like a lot of your progression is like the resident evil style like this door needs a disc you know and oh i found the disc and then and now i can get in there right and that's not metroidvania that's just like that's just like regular adventure game stuff where you just need to get the thing and it has you it has you ping-ponging through all the different parts of the mansion right here you get the thing that works there there you get the thing that works over here and all that kind of stuff and all the meanwhile yeah. you're seeing all these other things that you can't interact with you know but then there is a little bit of that thing where where, like, for example, there's this um, one mechanic in the game is that if you're ever in complete darkness, you you can just die. You what? Know, because, <laughs> well, because, like, you're, you're in total darkness, you know? But you always have Anything a light. Anything could happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Anything can happen. It's pitch black. But you do have a lighter, so you can always light up the area around you. So you can <gasps> go anywhere. It doesn't matter, you know? Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm watching, like, actual footage of this while I'm listening to you. And I just saw, like, there's a dude laying in, like, a gurney. And, like, you just have him hooked up to, like, electrodes and wires and, like, a throw... Like, old-school, like, 1920s Frankenstein throw power switch to fucking light his heart up or some shit. I, the oh, game... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The game actually... You're not wrong, dude. This game looks beautiful. Um, Like, face-wise, like, AI-wise, like, the, like the look of the characters... It's weird because they kind of look like marionettes, if that makes sense. So, if I have any like little bit of criticism, which adds to have, like the horror aspect, I think I, I do have a little bit of criticism about it here and there. Um, let me finish gushing real quick, though. Oh, like, can, can I can I gush with you real just about one thing? Okay. I'm looking yeah. at the graphics of this, and it looks almost like it's like. A hybrid between a, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the inventory at, at part of these in part of these scenes, but it like it looks like it uses your inventory as well as like point and click adventure game aspects on yes. top of the 3D movement and all that. So definitely, like one thing to point out with the way that the puzzles work is like so in Resident Evil, for example. You might go up to a doorknob and it'll it will describe to you something like the door is locked. 
the doorknob has a picture of a knight on it or something like that, you know? <laughs> While this game will just zoom the camera up onto the doorknob so you can see it. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't really describe it to you, you know? You just have to look at it. That's what I'm and looking at right you, now. Yeah, and then like if you click on the different parts, it'll give you a little description of it at that point. Mm-hmm. But I love that um, because I, it, it makes a lot of the puzzle solving feel a lot better. Where like you don't just you don't just go up to the door and use the crowbar, right? It's like it, it zooms up on the door handle, mm-hmm. and you need to like kind of use the items in the correct places and that kind of thing to make it a little bit more intuitive. Yeah, like in what way. I was just seeing was like it was a it was a key, like it was like a, it zooms into the doorknob, shows a couple. <laughs> this this doorknob looks like you could secure a fucking uh a uh, 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 a fucking uh what's that word uh, a vault with it because it's got like five different icons that come down from the doorknob that look yeah. like that look like fucking rare donkey kong country power ups and like one of them the thing that the, the thing that's actually on the screen is this really cool 3d render of a neat looking classic key except the key has elements of like a combination lock on it. It's got circles, triangles, squares, and it's like you you you're you're using like a combination lock mechanic on a key to change the arrangement of pins on the end of the key to put that key then into the lock to see then if you can unlock the door with that key. It's like a weird cool combination lock skeleton key mechanic. Yeah, and that's a really good example of how the game works with its puzzles where you where as the player what's happening is un, unlike a lot of other games that I've seen in this genre where like what would happen is it would it would like bring up the doorknob which has these pictures on it and you need to figure out the combination on the key to put in the lock. Um it, you know, you would have that all on the same interface, but in this, it's like you actually have to go into your inventory and examine the key to bring it up, and when you're on the examining the key screen, you can rotate the parts of it, and then you exit back out of that, and then you get to back to the doorknob, and now you can use the key on the doorknob, and if you did it right, it'll work, you know? Yeah. Uh, which I, uh, I, I really like, because, like, it sounds a little weird in that context, but it does make it harder to brute force, you know? Um, but then there's other contexts where it works, where it's like, where it's like uh, you get, at, at one point, you get a um, staple gun, and it has an adjustable, or, okay, at one, at one point, you get a monkey wrench, and, you know, a monkey wrench, you can, you can adjust the size of the wrench on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but, so when you try to use it on the doorknob, it doesn't, it's like too big or too small or whatever, you know? So you actually have to like examine the monkey wrench and use the dial to get it to be the right size. Yeah. And cool. then use it on the door, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, so that's like the little stuff. But then, like, the actual puzzles themselves. I was, was going to say, that sounds like something that was like petty, but would positively piss me off. Right, exactly. Like when I when I did that with the wrench, I I questioned it for a second. Like, do I do I do I like that the game made me did that do that? I'm not I'm not positive. 
Uh, but by the end of the game, I, no, I'm really into it. Like, like you know, there's there's a part where you got to pour gas into a thing, and they and you you gotta you gotta make sure to open the gas lid first, you know, and like that kind of thing. Um, like <laughs> so, that thing you're, so you're sitting there just pouring gas on a closed tank, just <laughs> right. Well, the other way around, it's like you're you're trying to pour gas out of a can where there's there's a cap on it, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. That's that's that's. I like that it's immersive. See, it's it's a fine line, I think, that games have to walk, um, because especially during certain situations, because if it's high action or low action, that can change it entirely. But there's a fine line that the video games have to walk between, am I being immersive enough to keep the player's attention, or am I being too immersive enough such that everything in the game seems like a hurdle or is tedious in some way? And right. In other words, am I making... Uh, how do I put it? <laughs> am I making Valheim or am I making Shenmue? <laughs> sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and definitely I found this to be not tedious at all because usually Good. you know it's it, it's uh yeah i i really liked the immersion of it so back to the like the darkness mechanic that i was talking about like what one whole aspect of it is that you have a lighter right so that's how you kind of light up everything around you um but you can't have the lighter and a gun at the same time so if uh classic doom 3 problem Right, but in this game, if you're in the pitch black, then you're dead, right? So, like, you can only fight enemies if there's another light source. <laughs> so you might have to find, like, a, like, some, like, a, there's, like, candelabra candle, around yeah. sometimes, you know, that you can light. And then you can stand next to that to be able to shoot the enemy. Classic amnesia like, mechanic. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, like... Um, and I, and I won't spoil like what the mechanic is, but that was the thing that felt a little Metroidvania ish to me was when I would find there were, there were certain corridors that were blocked by an enemy that I couldn't defeat because there was no light source around, you know? And so, and so then it was like, wow, now I actually need like a character ability to get past this foe you know what i mean and like uh, you know so it, it had that going for it as well i uh, see so i'd be overall, i'd be looking for road like road flares or something to toss at them or some shit i don't well, know yeah but that yeah and that's what i mean is that like that would be a mechanic that would be helpful to you in general and then also would solve this problem you know mm-hmm. uh so and that's what gave it that other feeling um so yeah overall uh like i i thought that the 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 just the fact that it's fixed camera angles and tank controls like got me interested in it and then when i played it i was very pleased to find out that like it's done super super well where like the camera angles are really tasteful and it when they really set the mood very very well um and then the action is really like classic resident evil as well <clears throat> Uh, the way that the mansion is designed with the different wings and the way that they have you running back and forth across it because of the different things that you're finding, especially with that key that you're talking about, where like you keep seeing this one type of puzzle that you just have no idea how to interact with, you know? But then you get the key and you're like, oh shit, now I can go back and go into every one of those rooms, but every one of them has this puzzle that I gotta solve on it, you know, that are are like pretty tough uh that was really cool 
Um, and then the puzzles in general are really, really good. Some of them, some of them are logic puzzles, like where, like where, you know, they give you a bunch of symbols and you sort of have to figure out what the symbols mean, you know, sometimes it's like a thing where you have to like read a note where like there, there's this one that's like a note about this trial, right? Where it talks about like the judge reading the sentence and the defense attorney just sitting there and the the mother of the accused is like oh frantically you know uh, frantically writing on a paper, you know, and then and then the blade fell on the neck of the innocent, you know, and you need to like so you read this story and you're like oh shit. But it relates to this puzzle, though. Then you've got this puzzle that, like, you have to move the blocks around in a way that lines up with the story that you read. And, like, stuff like that I just think is super cool, you know. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the puzzles are really excellent. The exploration and the pacing was really excellent. I mean, this game well, is just fucking awesome. One thing I want to gush about yeah. is the lighting. Honestly, it, it, the yeah. lighting is done so well that the entire game, pretty much the entire game from what I can tell, gameplay footage in this video anyway, uh, all takes place in the dark. I mean, it's a horror movie, so obviously, but like the actual lighting sources in every scene seem to light the room in a way that just makes everything seem creepy. Like, yeah. it, it's not, like, too dark. It's realistic lighting. It's just the way that the shadows are cast on everything is be is both beautiful and terrifying. Yeah, like, for one for one thing, uh, a lot of the time you're lighting up the room with a, with a lighter in front of you, which means that your body is casting, casting like a shadows, yeah. of shadow behind you. So you can't see what's behind you because it's... You know, your body is is casting a shadow on it. Yep. Um, totally. Uh, that's really cool. And then, uh, and then all there there are lit up spots though. Like the pacing is very good, and there's definitely like moments of respite, right, where you're in a nice lit up room. Uh, oh, one thing I also love is they do like the so it also does the the Resident Evil ink ribbons thing, where you can only save as as often as you can find an ink ribbon. You know. Oh, really? Um. But in this, it's like you, what you find are like tapes that you that you can put into a tape recorder so that you can like so that the character can speak uh, uh, and and record their progress because they're like making a report. Yeah. Using these tapes. That's cool. So I thought that was, yeah. Like I thought that was a really clever way to like give a reason that uh, that this is how you save your progress is because she's telling the report and the character even speaks about the story when you save if you've hit a major plot point she like recounts the events on tape uh which i thought was really neat also and i think that they could have done more like she doesn't do it enough i don't think um, well you're forgetting the classic uh there, there are games that came before this that use this wonderful mechanic namely uh I'm sure you can think of the game that's on my mind when you think of tape mechanics being used to record your your game progress. Uh, what's that? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah, you know. Wait, Tony Hawk used tapes to to save? <laughs> yeah, I know just... you could find the hidden tape, but was that how you saved? 
No, probably not. I'm just thinking of a floating tape and thinking, oh yeah, that's probably the same mechanic. I'm just making, I'm just that making a shitty joke. V- that game had VHS tape. In there it. was tape in, in there. That's that's. I'm sure that's how you did something. Well, so that you know, I'm glad you bring it up though because this game also has some nice '90s, some other '90s nostalgia in it. Not just the the Resident Evil style, but also. There's a floppy disk involved at some point. There's VHS tapes, you know, and and so that stuff is kind of fun to see. And there's uh, a reference to a '90s band that I really like that I want to get you into. Oh yeah, what are you talking about? Well, there's a band that uh, <laughs> it wasn't intended, but there's a there's a scene I'm looking at in here where they're uh, walking across like a lit area. And you're coming across a, a painting, and it's actually, from what I understand, the painting of uh, the beheading of, from what I, I, I want to say it's John the Baptist, but, like, the painting of, like, the after of that, I want to say, is the painting that got used as the album cover for Cryptopsy's most famous album, None So Vile. Gotcha, gotcha. The band whose album before which is the one I was mentioning that you should really listen to, uh, Blasphemy Made Flesh. Anyway, okay. 90s band, oh, old school death metal. And I had to, I had to mention that because they, they came across that painting and I was like, oh shit, that's kind of cool. And it adds to the scene because color wise, that painting itself is very dark, has lots of earthy red colors as well as the blood. But like it goes with the scene of like this Victorian mansion that is from your words, somehow also a hospital. Yeah, they they keep saying it's a hospital. Um, I mean, there are rooms that are like full of patients and stuff. Uh, I, I I think it might be more of a research hospital, right? Like, oh, research on has, what? Uh, well, there's a lot of twin stuff. Like, oh yeah, true. In the story, a lot of weird um, like Joseph Goebbels stuff going on. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So so I mean, what 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 didn't I say? I mean, I love the nostalgia of it, but also just like the story is pretty darn cool that they're telling, and I thought it was pretty engaging. The mansion is designed really well. The puzzles are great. I mean, I want this game now. just like it's yeah. I mean, I I I have very the the only negative stuff I have to say is uh, is really just stuff that like. It seems like the kind of stuff that's like because I played it the month it came out and it's from an indie team, you're mm. gonna run into some stuff like you can't rebind the controls, for example. And I found that to be a little annoying because, for one example, like okay, so you use WASD to do your tank controls, yeah, that's great, but the run button is shift, uh, which is also your back step button. So if you're holding back S and you hit shift, it it whips your character around 180 degrees. Can I now, clue you some, in uh, to mm-hmm. a secret that I found out, actually? What, what's that? Playing vaccine tank controls. Um, the game, like, okay, so I did it on keyboard and mouse at first to just figure out how, how the shit worked. Uh, then I found out the tank controls work off the, the arrow keys. Um, I'm sure you can reassign them to wads, but the, the game got instantly playable and like 10 times more fun the instant i picked up my fight stick a joystick works surprisingly well for tank control games actually sure yeah because i mean if you think about it you're moving in a 2d plane uh so the idea of having a 2d stick 
but using it in a way that you're probably not used to using because it's a 3D, like, you know, air, space of, like, uh, perception uh, in a 2D movement plane. Um, mm-hmm. A fight stick works surprisingly well and just not in the way that you think it would work because a fight stick... Um, traditionally works in a way that all of its dimensions are on the same or all of its movements are on the same dimension like the same plane of movement so like you'd have the y-axis if you're looking at a 2d fighting game um whereas this is the x-axis but you're looking at it from the z-axis the the 3d view uh camera behind the character but you, you you get your left and right from your left and right inputs and your up and down are forward and back it's not hard on uh to to, to to adjust to after like 30 seconds of gameplay and that made it like damn good because like then the only other buttons i had to worry about were the action buttons which i got arcade you know sanwa buttons so it's like it almost turned it into like an arcade experience for me so i'd be curious to see how this game works on the fight stick Sure, sure. And I mean, you can play it with a controller. And so I'm sure the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the fight stick probably just the game will see it as a controller. Yeah, uh, it will. But, so for me, though, with mouse and it's like I, I love how WASD feels with tank controls, mm. like the Resident Evil one remake, uh, the Steam version of it, I think plays beautifully mouse and keyboard. But here's the thing. So when I'm talking about shift, right? How if you're holding back and you tap shift to do to whip 180 or shift is your sprinting, some people might just be like, yeah, that's that's how it sounds like it should be. For me, I want that on my right hand, you know, like when I play like my mouse has a back button on it. Right. And when I played Resident Evil, I liked having the shift function be on my right hand so that I could just use WASD with my left hand. My right hand controlled whether I was sprinting or I would just hit back with my left hand how do you sprint with your right hand you just hold the back button on the mouse oh okay but but like to about face the 180 you you use like the the forward button or something no then you would just be holding back with your left hand s and then you just hit the button the sprint button with your right hand that you're already using and it does the 180 you know i just find it a lot 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 easier to have that sprint slash 180 function be on my right hand when my left hand is doing wasd which is how I did it in Resident Evil, this game just doesn't have the ability to rebind controls. It's so interesting so, how opposite we are, because I come from a world where I'm so used to first-person shooter controls, where sh- uh, sprinting and such and crouching is all on my left hand, because wads is on my left hand as well, where all my movement is, you know, control is uh, crouch, uh, shift is sprint. Uh, Z yeah. toggles between crouch, uh, shift, or sprint, and, and prone if, you, if you're playing Battlefield. Um but like I, I see what you're saying though. If I had tank controls, it, it I kind of feel like that might be a little bit more comfortable too. Because with tank controls, you have to focus a little bit, uh, quite a bit more on your movement on the wads keys than if it were just a first-person shooter game. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes from just being used to playing games with a controller uh, like NES and PlayStation and stuff Mm. where it's like my left hand moves my character, my right hand does actions, you know, like sprinting and and jumping, right? Um, Now, I mean, if I'm playing like Doom or something, I guess shift is the sprint key in that. Uh, You shouldn't be sprinting in Doom. (laughs) Well, you should always be sprinting in Doom. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, never mind. Um, you're right. Uh, I think of sprinting as somehow faster than the sprint speed, I guess. That's what I was thinking about. 
Oh yeah, well, well, Doom is a bad example because mm-hmm. yeah, I the 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 version I play of it has an always sprint option, which I just keep on. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm always I, running. I think OG Doom had all always run on too. You said, okay. I think you said to use like caps lock or some shit. I don't know. Oh okay. Um. Anyway, anyway, uh, the rebinding stuff though, it comes up a lot. Like for ex- for other examples. Um, you know, for, for like just little criticisms of, of, of the game, um, like the, the rebinding kind of came up a lot because there's other things like, uh, the space bar is what opens your inventory, which is just kind of weird. That is very Uh, strange. Um, yeah. Or like, uh, what, what, what was the other stuff? I don't totally remember. Um, oh, there's this, there's this kind of weird thing where like when you open your inventory, the cursor defaults to going into like you can either menu around with WASD or you can use your mouse to menu around, you know, but you so you can do either. Right. You can click on the squares that are your items and then click on combine or examine or whatever, or you can WASD around and use E to like confirm and select and stuff for your, for your inventory. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. But what's kind of weird about it is like, you wa it, 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 it when you first open the inventory it defaults to the cursor being on the first item for you to use wasd but if you do want to use the mouse the moment you touch the mouse it doesn't move it from there it like moves your mouse over to the last mouse position and then you move it from there which like is which, jarring it's <laughs> jarring it it would be fine if the game remembered that you use the mouse every time and just defaulted to the mouse after the first time, but it opens up on the other thing every time. So it's just, like little things like that are just kind of weird about how it controls, you know? It could be worse. Uh, it could be one of those games where when you alt tab back in or whatever, or when you just, you know, use your mouse to, to, to go back to the program you were like the game you were playing. It just uh, the first input, no matter what, is the input that you used to get back into the game. So oh, if you yeah. just select the task, the first thing is mouse one. So mouse one just right. happens. So if you're playing any kind of game where shooting is a thing, you just shot a fucking round off. If you're in any kind of stealthy situation, you just gave away your position. If yeah. you're in if you're in uh, fucking Sea of Thieves like I am, a lot of the times. You can do something that may maneuver you to fall off the fucking boat. <laughs> yeah, um, I was talking about Alien Trilogy last week, and that game totally has that problem. Of it's a PlayStation game. Well, uh, hang on, loading- uh, hang on. I'm yeah. talking about like all tabbing back in. You're saying a PlayStation game has this? Yeah, because of the loading screens. You know, the loading bar finishes, and it says press you press X to continue. Oh you no! You press X, and it shoots your gun <laughs> when the level starts. Dude, this uh, is my same problem with Mario when you go through a door in that in, a, in 2D Mario games where you go through a door and uh, the first input to start moving in the next level sends you back to the last level through that fucking door. When does that happen in Mario, though? All the time. All what the time. Talking? You press up to go through a door in Mario. I know, and for some reason that up still goes through when I try to move. I don't know, oh, man. So you're, so you're an accidental upper. I'm an accidental upper all the time. Why don't you use your fucking fight stick that you're always talking about? That'll solve that problem too, right? Any person who's ever played fighting games with me will tell you I jump all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Accidentally. 
Um, so, all right, uh, man, I, I I don't remember if I had any other criticisms of this game. Oh yeah, the other thing is like, so you got to look at your map a lot, right? And to look at your map, you got to like open your inventory. Sh- go over to the files tab and go to the map and examine it, you know, which is kind of a pain if you want to look at the map a lot. I feel like you should, it should just be bound to like tab or something. Mm. Like if you press tab, it should just examine the map, right? That should have a shortcut. Tab is like the universal map button. Yeah, that's just a little thing, right? Um, Oh, one more bitch to say about the, about the inventory system. And these are just little things that I feel like could be patched. Really the biggest thing is that you can't rebind the controls, but there's little things about it too. Like, uh, okay. So the inventory screen is laid out as like three columns wide of, of square items, you know? Uh, so there's however many rows, whatever. And then above those three columns of items are three tabs. You've got weapons, resources, and files, right? However, if you, when you, let's say you're highlighting the middle top item, and then you go up to the tabs, that the three tabs that are above the three columns, it doesn't, if you're on the middle item, it doesn't go up to the middle tab. It moves your cursor over to the left of Why? the tabs. I don't know. <laughs> and it's also not consistent. That's only if you're on weapons. If you're on the resources tab, then it'll move your cursor to resources. So you might be like, Dash, it just moves you to whichever tab is active. Not true. If you're on the <laughs> files tab, it moves you to resources. So... It's it like so when you want to change tabs, it's just like kind of awkward because it just like moves you up weirdly to the tabs. So just little th- like it's an indie game and it shows with little things like that sometimes, you know. <laughs> and it shows. Um some like sometimes you know the game always tells you that you can click on something to interact with it. Like when you go up to a door, it gives you the icon that you can click on this to interact with it. But some doors randomly tell you that you need to right click them even though you need to left click them. What? Like ev- yeah, like every door is left click to open and you'll always know because it's always left click to open a door. But some doors for some reason <laughs> have the wrong icon on them and they tell you to right click them, right? But you it's left click to get through them. You left click. What the uh, fuck? How hard is that to, to where? Huh? Yeah, so there's like little <laughs> things, right, where you're going to be like, "Okay, you know, this game is $20 and it's made by an indie company." And You know what that was? That was that was uh, the. (laughs) That's like uh, literally just the developer going upload image mouse one upload image mouse one upload image mouse two upload image mouse one yeah I did it all mouse one not a problem (laughs) yeah yeah, right like they just they misclicked one yeah or a few times right Mm -hmm. yeah so you you'll run into stuff like that every once in a while and and the thing is it's. The only reason that I even am complaining about this is because it's surprising because every other part of the game is so beyond a high budget game, you know? <laughs> every like so much about this game is so much better than every big budget game I've played lately, you know? That like then when the little things start to come out like, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, a big company might have caught this," right? Then then you, you do kind of notice that a little bit more. Um 
But there you go. There you go. There's my little thing. So far, Tormented Souls, I think that it is probably my game of the year so far. This yeah, like, that's the thing. That's the tweet I referenced earlier. I was like, this game I've never heard of Dash played like yesterday and already he's given it the game of the year praise. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know the it's 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 the best thing I've played this year I think unless Damn. you count Valheim I don't know Valheim's early access it's hard to say that game's real good you know Returnal was pretty cool too but uh, nah I, you know this this one I think is uh, I would definitely like right now on my list I would definitely put it a cut above Returnal um, and like yeah it's kind of Valheim maybe has had the maybe best with Valheim. Valheim is the best early access of any game I've ever played. Yeah, it's uh, it's really it's really any good. A- any of them. Um, if I were to say game of the year, though, I mean it's twenty twenty one. I don't know what games I've played this year that I consider game of the year. Right, I haven't played a ton of games that came out this year. You know, like another game I played was Ratchet and Clank. Uh, yeah, part. Yeah, but yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of that one. Um. Well, um, I have a game I could talk about. All right, let's hear it. Let me ask you something. Okay. Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, Final Final Fantasy IX? Question mark. Graphics. Graphics. Yep. You're a fan, right? 3D polygons on 2D pre-rendered backgrounds. Yep. Often low-res image backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, These are good things. You're a fan? Okay. Yeah. Now, what if we take that low-res image background and we upscale it a little bit? Not upscale it, actually. No, no. We're going to have a whole new image. Whole new game. Whole new game. Uh, Probably like... I would say like at, at most... How about 720? 720. I mean, Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 were also low-poly characters on low-resolution 2D background. Yeah, but I'm talking high-res, and I'm talking high-poly. now we're talking high-res. I was trying to to give you a better segue from Tormented Souls into this one, you know, Uh, by referencing Resident Evil instead of Final Fantasy. You're you're putting more more thunderstorms on the runway, buddy. Okay, okay. So so we got high-res 2D backgrounds. What's on the the background? High-res 2D backgrounds. Uh, Well, you're going to figure out what's in the backgrounds in just a minute here so um 3d models not polygons but models nice models on these on these nice 2d backgrounds right all right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i um, mean they're still polygonal there's just more poly mm-hmm. right okay well i don't know like i think more modern 3d models uh are are, are aren't polygonal anymore i'm pretty sure they're yeah, just they are wireframe aren't they well what's a wireframe each of those wires in the frame is like a, is like a poly, is a polygon, right? It's a shape, but well, it's it's not a three D polygon. You know what I mean? It's a anyway. Um, this I game, I think game characters are still polygonal. There's just a lot of polys now. Of course, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it it's a weird way to measure it. I would say because it's not like. Right, right. We're kind of past counting polys. Exactly. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. We're more on vertices now. (laughs) Okay. But, like, imagine these kind of graphics. Now, now what I'm going to talk to you about is, uh, it's going to be hard to believe, but it's not a horror game. It is a game on GameCube where 
the GameCube can somehow handle these graphics where uh, you were going to get such intense experiences from places not ravaged by the... Uh, by the, uh, the the misgivings of uh, corporations such as Umbrella, but rather uh, places a little closer to home called like uh, Orlando, Florida. And what I'm talking about for a GameCube is a game called Universal Studios Theme Parks Adventure. Universal Studios Theme Parks Adventure. When you said, like, 2D pre-rendered backgrounds that are high-res, and then you got great-looking characters on it, and it's for GameCube, I got really excited because I thought you were going to talk about Bait and Kaido's Eternal Wings in the Lost Ocean. Way better uh, game than that, buddy. Way better game. But I, but I this, guess not. This game got a Metacritic score of 34.47%. So, I'll have you Wait, know. Meta Metacritic does decimals now? No, I'm sorry. I was looking at game rankings. Metacritic gave it oh, 30, okay. 39 out of out of 100. Okay, okay. So we're talking about a 39 <laughs> universal theme park boner. What's this game called? <laughs> universal Studios Theme Parks Adventure. You are essentially <laughs> the whole point of this game is to give you a <laughs> 3D question mark uh, adventure uh, idea a tour if you will into Universal Studios theme parks Orlando Florida and uh, you know there are such wonders such as Back to the Future uh, Jurassic Park E.T. Twister uh, Pirates of the Ca- you know back when Pirates of the Caribbean was was universal. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that's Disney now? Never mind. No, hang on. That's always been Disney. I'm thinking about a, a different joke that related something. Never mind. There's not Pirates of the Caribbean at this okay. at this theme park, actually. Well, okay, so it's a theme park that's got all these other things. What did you say? E.T.? It's meant uh, to it, It's meant to twi- give you, you the experience. Twi- wait, did you say Twister? Uh... I swear yes. you said Twister. I know I said Twister, but I'm trying to remember oh, okay. if Twister's in it. <laughs> but I think I saw that movie in theaters. Go on, sorry, go on. Well, no, 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 no. This is an important question you ask because one of the first things I get to... Okay, uh, let me just set the scene for you. This is Final Fantasy VII in HD, as far as GameCube can give you HD, uh, of you going to Orlando, Florida's Universal Studios. So, you walk in. There's a bunch of weird polygonal people that don't look like humans walking around supposedly supposed to being in this part of the uh, this part of the park that you go into. And and legit, like you walk through like okay. Have you have you ever been to Universal Studios? No, I don't. Well, it's in Florida. <laughs> yes. You know what? I think I I think I have. I was a child, though. I don't remember. Me too. I, I do remember, though. Um, I was probably about like eight or nine or so. So I, maybe a little bit older than you did. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think I was like six or seven. Okay. So I went there um, and uh, honestly had a great time because my other visit was SeaWorld and fuck SeaWorld. SeaWorld sucks for a lot of different reasons. But Universal Studios, I had a fuck ton of time at. Um a fuck ton of fun at uh but like jurassic park is like my childhood that's like the the reason i wanted to go there so i went on jurassic park the ride and let me tell you 
Jurassic Park the Ride. <laughs> it's not like what, what you get in this GameCube game. Um, you get something entirely different. And uh, it, it, essentially, this game functions as like making all of the different rides into mini games for you, I guess, to get past. And uh, let's just say I didn't play it for very long because the mini games were pretty terrible. I tried Jaws. And uh, Jaws was uh, surprisingly just like uh, when I went there in real life um, in terms of what the area looks like. Uh, there is one area I was talking to you about earlier. Uh, like It's like a big row, and that's where you can kind of go into the left of in the park and the entry in the game. The real park, at least the entrance that we, weren't, we went to, did not have the entrance here. Um, the, the the real park had, an, had the entrance on the opposite side of the park where this was, but there's like a row, right? Um, there's a Hard Rock Cafe there. I went I went there to eat. Um, got macaroni that made me want to throw up, and I'm pretty sure the waiter there was actually a uh, an, an extra on a few episodes of Nickelodeon Gacked. Um, pretty sure there was a contract deal there where like Nickelodeon was do- also doing something. I don't know. Anyway. The uh, park I was going through, you go through this road, and the road is like this like weird kind of like, you know how old west Western movies have this depiction of like a town that's just one road, and like there's just buildings along this single road? It kind of yeah. had that feeling, except without the old west feeling to it. It's just like that, but Hollywood. So you're just walking down this long, big road that everyone else is walking down to because... You know, there's no vehicles on this big, gigantic road. It's meant for pedestrians. And this is where you go across a building. And the building looks like an old theater. You go in there, and, and, uh, and in 1997, 1998, Lil Knox went to uh, Universal Studios. That was Twister. But I want to say when I played this game, which um, Wikipedia is showing the North American release date as being December 18th, 2001... Maybe there was a different exhibit there because I want to say it was like, man, my memory's fucked. But like, I think it was like Harry Potter or some shit. It might have been uh, Back to the Future, though. No, no, what it was was uh, indeed it was Back to the Future. But this is what threw me off. Hosted by Woody Woodpecker. Okay. Did you ever see Woody Woodpecker the cartoon as a kid? Uh, I remember the laugh. And that's about it. That's the most noteworthy thing about it. Honestly, not a bad cartoon. Pretty good if you like Looney Tunes. Either way. It was so bizarre because Loon- fucking Woody Woodpecker hosts like, this is what this ride is like and yada yada. But dude, you're not really getting to ride the ride. You're not really getting to experience the park as it is. You get to experience a weird artist's vague interpretation of what it kind of looks like. So okay, in, in get, Final Fantasy VII graphics. Confused. Okay, so you're back to talking about the game now. Oh, I've been talking about the game the whole time. Well, <laughs> the game is Universal Studios, the park. So I'm talking about the differences between the park and the game. But I've been talking about the game the whole time in what I've been doing, and yeah, I'm yeah. I'm sure I've also said uh, mixed up memories of when I was a kid versus playing the game. Um, but yes. So in the game, you're you're walking through Universal Studios. Uh-huh. It is. It is drawn out in 2D for like a 2D pre-rendered thing for you. And you're going left to right. And you go, oh, okay. And you're going left and right. Yep. And then sometimes you stop at an attraction and in real life, the attraction is like a ride that you ride, but in the game, it's like a mini game. Except Twister. 
and that's one of the weird things that's surprisingly accurate about this game because Twister was a ride that you kind of just not you don't ride you walk into and you know how rides have like you know when you go to a theme park you have that line and it's got to fold it's got to fold around a couple times it does that a couple times but like the ride quote unquote is like this area where everyone in your group that's walking through just stands and watches and experiences um okay so that's pretty accurate because it's a 2d video game it's like a 2d exhibit almost but uh the ride itself like jurassic park wildly different because jurassic park is like a a river boat ride um for a lot of it but yeah the more you describe this more i think i didn't go to universal studios did you go to disney world I did go to Disney World, yeah. Is it in Disney World or is it no, next to it? No, totally separate part. Okay. But still in I, Orlando, so. Because, like, yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like I remember going to Disney World, and I feel like we went to Universal Studios for, like, one day of, of the Disneyland <laughs> World trip. But, yeah, I don't remember... I don't remember anything about it. And, like, as a kid, I didn't really know the difference. There was also a place called Epcot or something that I think we went to. I don't know if that's in Disneyland. or I don't know. I think there was a big golf ball or something. Mm, uh, sounds familiar. I know I know about the golf ball, like, building kind of thing, but never. Yeah. I've never been there, I don't think. I was very young during all of this. But, okay, so so what? how long did you play this game for GameCube? Oh, goodness. Probably a good 50, uh, 55 minutes. I don't think I okay. gave it the full hour. Um, but well, like, Do you think you're going to play it again? I probably will, um, specifically because it's a bad time. And uh, I... <laughs> it's, it's, a it's, it's, it's a bad time of a retelling of a place that doesn't exist because their telling of it is so bad. Um let me let me I guess uh show you this part. It's, yeah, it's kind of interesting that like if the game was good, it would be an interesting time capsule, right? Like let's say Universal Studios exactly. is very different now. Exactly. But you could use a video game to see the old one. That would be cool, but it's not this. The fact that I've been there in real life, everyone and their mom would 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 understand that me as a person who went there to the park in real in the in real life, and then me as a person who then experienced this video game after would would react negatively to it, and not because the game is bad, which apparently it's pretty bad, um, but because everyone knows well it's like reading a book before you see a movie. You know, you you get the real experience before you see the depiction of it. And so I understand that, but. To understand, uh, yeah, okay, this person at IGN in, in an early review when this came out called it a bad N64 game, which I have to agree with because the graphics are pretty on par with what like the 2D capabilities of the N64 could do. They look good for a Final Fantasy VII game on the GameCube. That's supposed to have this amazing 3D, you know, rendering capability, which it does. The GameCube is a great yeah. piece of tech. GameCube is a super good looking system. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's, but it's just like this game was so bizarre. Like, okay, so this wiki says the rides include Back to the Future, The Ride, Jaws, Jurassic Park, River Adventure, and Eat and ET Adventure. Many games hosted by Woody Woodpecker include a Universal Studios quiz of film-related questions and puzzle games such as Concentration Memory Match. So it's like, it's like this shitty like hybrid of like uh, Universal Studios uh, 
Advent Children, and then <laughs> with mini games, Barbie the, the Island Adventure style. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's not good. <laughs> it it kind of reminds me. I, I got this old Simpsons game for NES once and played it. And it was like a globe. I don't remember the name of it, but it was supposed to be like a globe trotting adventure. Whoa! I didn't know there and was a Simpsons ge- Simpsons games on the NES. There's a couple of them, uh, and and this one was like, it was like, <laughs> all right, we're going to China now. But in China, really, what the game is is just like a memory puzzle. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to, yeah. you know, Europe, and you go to Europe, and it's like a slide puzzle, right? And it's like, <laughs> wait a second. Like, this has so little to do with The Simpsons, and also, there's not a video game here. Like, you're promising adventure, but you're just giving me a bunch of puzzles. You know, I, uh, Yeah, a few games have done that, actually, where they just kind of, like, uh, take a base game and then rebrand it to be more popular. Like, yeah, yeah. Super Mario Brothers 2 in the United States. <laughs> hey, they, they changed that game to make it a lot better. Everyone says, oh, it's just Doki Doki Panic reskinned. It's not. <laughs> Did you know that you cannot sprint in Doki Doki Panic? I didn't. Yeah, you can in Super Mario Bros. 2, though. Nice. They, they also added uh, they added another boss, you know, and they fixed up some other stuff as well as generally, like, cleaning up the whole thing and shit. And Super Mario Bros. 2 is a significantly better video game than Doki Doki Panic was. <laughs> I've heard as such, but, you know, that's also like saying, you know, Mike Tyson is a better boxer than this one guy who's been fighting for two years. Well, now you're shitting on Doki Doki Panic more than that deserves. You're right, because I don't know anything about that series, and I don't... Sorry to disrespect it. I'm sure it's a (laughs) long-running series that I know nothing about. I hope we get uh, one hate comment seven months later on this video (laughs) so we can explain why why I'm wrong. What's there to hate? I I I'm here. I'm 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 here standing up for Doki Doki Panic. Well, I'm here, and, and I'm I'm usually Bros. a reason to hate something, so I'm here. So there we go. Um, do you uh do you want to go to Universal Studios? Like in my life? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, now. <laughs> what? Wait, hang on. You're a movie guy, though, right? Wait no, not hang on. Really. You're not a movie guy. You're a movie critic guy. Well, yeah, I I really like watching movie criticism. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know. I watch a movie every once in a while. But, well, hang uh, on, hang on, man, hang on. Okay. What? I'm sure there's a universal property that you have like some pretty big like childhood or emotional attachment to. Uh, yeah, that's Universal or that's WB? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Not WB, Universal. Has to be Universal. Oh, right. Yeah, for some reason I thought they were the same thing. Uh, mm. uh yeah, I don't know. What would there be? I saw Back to the Future kind of recently. It was pretty good. Did you like Back to the Movie? It was a movie-ass movie, Back to the Future. Did you like, see it? Like, okay, did you see like a, 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 a sequel or did you see the original for the first time? I watched Back to the Future. For the first uh, time? Like, Yes. Nice. Just a, just a few years ago. Um, you big, know, and it, big fan? It, it, it was good. I mean, it was a it was good, right? Yeah. You and I are probably the same mind. I'm not crazy about it. Right. I yeah, I, it didn't blow my mind or anything. Um, I love I love the DeLorean. 
Yeah. Like it was an extremely solid movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like where here here's the plot, right? Here's the characters. Here's the bad guy. Here's the conflict, right? Here's act one, act two, act three. Here's the big resolution at the end. Here's where everything gets tied up and you watch it and you're just like, "Mm mm-hmm, that movie was really solid. It didn't do anything wrong, right? Uh, You know, that's kind of how I felt about it, right? Yeah. But, like, what was the, the other shit you mentioned? Jaws? I've never seen Jaws. Uh, Jaws? Like- I have a like-hate relationship with Jaws. Um, be- a, because it's... A, honestly, it's a pretty good monster movie. Like, as a movie itself, it's it's not bad. Um, if you can get past the corniness, because the special effects are bad. Like, the shark is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, at the same time it's big the shark is big and like they do a not bad job of shooting it with like good camera angles uh timing and such they it's it's a it's a horror movie but it's a monster movie and it's about just making a monster of just normal animals that like will fuck you up but like they're they're not mutants that remember a human by the scent of their blood and they'll come they'll come to the pacific after they met you in the atlantic you know they're not a monster that's going to eat 23 people in five minutes yeah, um, yeah, yeah. like like, like that I, is I, I do like a good monster movie like uh i didn't see alien until a few years ago also mm, and that, yeah. that movie was fucking awesome like well about ooh. i mean uh i mean the one last thing about jaws i mean like i'm <sighs> I'm a I'm a kind of stickler for like, you know, any kind of animal rights movement. So like I I I'm big on like great whites not going extinct. Like I know they're they're kind of fucked if you happen to catch yourself in the water with one, but like they're they're pretty important to the ecosystem and like that's when when I see jaws, I I I understand that like that's a good fucking monster movie, but like I under also understand like that was one of the things that like reinvigorated the panic for hunters to just start fucking killing sharks left and right. Yeah, like it vilified them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and and honestly, the ride itself in Universal Studios, fucking dope. But I was there when the where the where the mechanic shark the mechanical shark still actually came up to bite the boat and like move the boat around a little bit. Where, like, I think a couple years after that, there was an accident that happened, and, like, there was, I think there was some lawsuit that happened, and, like, Jaws would still make an appearance, but it wouldn't touch the boat, and it was less scary, and I think eventually they did something, uh, like, they did away with the ride in the way that it was. I think they had to, I think they redid the ride in a different way, but, um, anyway, my original question, so you don't really think you want to go to Universal Studios, um, I did because I already mentioned Jurassic Park is like you got me. That's that's my Universal Studios property. Um, okay. I honestly can't remember if Predator was Universal. Was Aliens Universal? Because you mentioned Aliens. Uh, I, I mentioned Alien just as a as a as a monster movie. I yeah. don't think it was Universal. Um, but yeah, like uh, yeah, you know Jurassic Park. I saw it when I was like a kid. Uh, and I don't really remember anything. I didn't remember really anything about it, but I actually just watched it like really? a couple months ago. Wait, hang on, uh, hang on. What, what what age were you? Would you say estimate? Would you when you saw it? 
Well, it was in theaters. So oh, you saw it in theaters. Oh, fuck. Yes. Well, so I would have been like three because didn't it come oh, out in 93 okay. or I, something? I understand completely now. Yeah. Or, wait, it can't. Nah. No, it was 92, I want to say. 1992. Okay, maybe I didn't see it in a theater then. Well, uh, it would make sense if you did, though, because if you were that young, it would make sense you weren't attached to it because you wouldn't have been able to process it. Right. Yeah. It didn't also, really why the fuck did it. your parents bring a two-year-old to Jurassic Park? What the fuck? I, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, so it didn't really stick with me. But I, I did watch Jurassic Park like a month ago with my brother. Um, mm. and I didn't really like it. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about this because you had the over. You you saw it as an adult, so you understood that as a not adult rated movie, the kids were never in any danger. Right. Yeah. I just didn't really feel like anyone was in any danger mm -hmm. any of the time. The only person that like dies in the movie is the lawyer guy that you're not supposed to like. And he dies like immediately. <laughs> and know? I and I promise you, you got to read the book because it's different and uh, kids don't get off as easy in the book. That's oh, all. Okay. That's all I'll say. Uh, and the book is fucking. Oh, it's 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 darker and gorier. Honestly, highly one of my favorite books ever. Um, mm. And I, I I don't think Michael Crichton is just you know some you know amazing writer. Although I do think he is kind of amazing. But like he's not like the world's best writer. But like when it came to a few of his stories, I'm a huge fan. And Jurassic Park obviously is is pretty far up there. But sure. um. I will say, like the uh, if you if you don't want to go to Universal Studios, the question I was just posing earlier was, would you pick this game up for five U.S. dollars to get a taste of what you think Universal Studios is like? Nah, <laughs> no, I, really. I, I think I think I'd pass <laughs> it up probably, but uh, I did yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I may with uh with with Jurassic Park though I do yeah. want to say I thought the setup the whole act 1 of the movie was fantastic right mm. like them like the, the the idea of the crazy rich resort owner you know spared no expense you know and did this research and they explain how the research happened and then they made the clones and so he invites the scientists over to be like check it out but then they're like no this no right? <laughs> like, that whole setup fucking excellent yeah. you know i just thought then the remaining two hours of people getting chased around by dinosaurs and not really actually being in any danger was kind of boring well that's kind of like the that's the thing with michael creighton is like he plays with sci-fi in a way that it goes hey how can i make this crazy shit happen oh what's that that's the way this is going to happen and uh yeah it was absolutely just in the case of jurassic park it's like people are getting more rich now than they've ever been and we've known more shit now scientifically than we ever have. What's to stop a lot of money going to a place where not a lot of eyeballs can see, you know, mm -hmm. to make a lot more money. And it's like, that's a cool concept to explore. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I really liked the setup mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Jeff Goldblum was great. Jeff Goldblum has never not been great. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I I am sad to 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 hear that you won't be experiencing Universal Studios and its absolute best uh, possible way to be experienced, <laughs> which is via the GameCube and a, compo a composite cable. 
<laughs> oh well, now that it's over composite, maybe I'm interested. Makes those backgrounds a little less, a little less uh, blurry, huh? Makes more, a little more sharp. Maybe the controller I'm using can like have like a dog chewed it up, you know, before it started. <laughs> I was gonna say the the Donkey Kongas, but you oh, know, yeah. thinking about the rubber tops that those controllers are made out of, I'm sure plenty of dogs chewed the hell out of them. Yeah, well, I don't know. It seems kind of hard to get their mouths on it. Oh, I'm sure they try. You know, it's, it's such an awkward thing. We've complained about the Donkey Kongas, though, already. You have. Yeah. I've never really gotten any experience with them. Well, yeah, the big, deep mechanical switches. We were both complaining about it. Um, the fact that it's like it yes. doesn't feel like you're tapping a drum. It's like you're pushing a, a button. down a button. <laughs> That's like real. That has like a centimeter of action on it. You're, you know, those big red buttons that had like the steel. Uh, like you'd have to use a big socket wrench to like get it into place on the control panel. It had a steel ring around it. It was solid steel, so it'd shine like the chromium, and it would be that deep set, thick, dense red plastic button that you push down into it. Mm-hmm. You'd get that sense, except it was just without that whole switch assembly. It was just the button underneath it, like the button underneath the button, and then like a condom on top of it. Right. That's important, too. There's like a layer on top of Of it. Of silicone. Extra shitty. Yeah. (laughs) Play a rhythm game with it. It'll be great. I kind of want to. So uh, I I said, okay, one of my streams I did recently was Friday Night F underscore 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 apostrophe n so the joke was that i couldn't decide between whether or not i was going to play fighting games or fishing games so friday night fighting or friday night fishing and then someone came by my stream and was like friday night funkin and i was like huh and they were like i was i was like what what i've never heard of that what is that what is that and then like oh it's like a rhythm game i was like rhythm games i do love rhythm games um Mm -hmm. and then i looked into it and does my memory deceive me, or do I see like a modern kind of take on Bust a Groove? Uh, I it's been a long time since I've played Bust a Groove. <laughs> no, so no, I'm I, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, my memory is deceiving me. It's it's a modern step mania, I think. Yeah. So Friday Night Funkin' is is that's that's the first thing I thought when I saw your stream title. Also, yeah, I didn't know that um, at all. I was like, whoa, is Knox playing Friday Night Funkin'? It it is a yeah. It's it's a very very popular uh, new like rhythm game. I think it's really popular with kids. I'm not sure. I have a tiny story with it. I had to babysit my uh, nephew recently. It's it's like the UI is DDR, right? Like like yeah, Step Mania. It looks like DDR, but you're playing okay. with the keyboard, you know, or whatever. So Step Mania, um, yeah, yeah. So I was babysitting my my nephew, and he was playing Friday Night Funkin' on on my parents' computer. And oh my god! It, it like any time that there was a lot of notes on the screen, it was running at like eight frames per second, and he was missing like so many notes just Ouch. because the game was running like shit. But he was just trying it over and like he kept failing because of the dropped shit and uh, frames and stuff. But he just kept trying it, and I was like, I was just going nuts, like like imagining like I it's- can't, I. I can't handle someone having such a terrible game experience next to me. <laughs> um, and so yeah. I, 
And so I go over there to uh, to to be like, hey, does this game have like an options menu that I can look at to maybe like get the game to run better? You know, does it have some like video options or something? And he's <laughs> like, I don't know. And he opens up the options and it turns out he's playing Roblox Friday Night Funkin'. <laughs> like a version oh. of it that someone made in Roblox. And it's, oh my God, I just... Oh, I died a little. Yeah, uh, I, I hadn't heard of this at all. It's okay. So you, for you to tell me that it's popular now is wild to me because I keep bringing up this game, Step Mania, which is just—I mean, essentially uh, a, a PC uh, port copy uh, of, of of DDR. You and and copying all the tracks and songs and and, and you know step placements of all the DDR tracks from like Mega or Ultra Mix or whatever, um, and it plays exactly like DD, like if you started the game up and you didn't see that the the, the menu said Step Mania, you'd think you were playing DDR, except you yeah. had a keyboard. Now and and so that means that Step Mania then is not the one that did Diagonal Arrows. True. Which was the one that was diagonal? That was god damn it that was i want to say it was like something like uh i know it's not called let's dance but why is that coming to my mind <laughs> um all right well never mind not important yeah not um, important but 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 friday night funkin when i saw a video of it i was like oh my god this is just that mania and for you to tell me that that's popular now is crazy to me man because how many arcades are even around let alone ones that are still operating that have ddr machines in them for kids nowadays to get into it like where did this come from? It makes me wonder, is this Friday Night Funkin' game uh, trying to revive the DDR formula, but just in an accessible way for people to play it, like vis-a-vis -vis, like, you know, playing a computer where they can actually access it, not going to an arcade and such? Yeah, I'm, I'm not super knowledgeable on it. I know that some of the people from Newgrounds were involved in its creation. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and then I think maybe so so it's got it's got a very new groundsy look to it as far as like the art style goes and stuff mm. uh and i think the soundtrack was is like it, it it's got its own soundtrack as well um you know i'm sure people have made like songs from that from other sources in it uh but yeah like the the game itself I'm not exactly sure if it's if it's finished yet. I want to say that like they made it as like a little thing, and then because it got popular, they made a Kickstarter for Friday Night Funkin' the full ass game or something, <laughs> uh, which I think was a successful Kickstarter. And I'm not sure if the game is actually out yet in its full form. Uh, but yeah, all I, all I really know about it is that there was a successful Kickstarter for the full ass game. There are some Newgrounds people involved. It's got its own original soundtrack. Uh, and yeah, some of that stuff, I guess it, it caught on with the kids at some point, probably partly because of its art style and soundtrack. Um, interesting. But yeah, I, it I, is interesting now that you mention it that it's not popular because people are looking at it and saying that looks like DDR. Well, that's me. I mean, I assume everyone else from my age group will probably also think the same, but just like the ki I assume like younger kids who are playing it now, I, I how many of them have actually played DDR is my question. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Not sure, but uh yeah, that that's that. <laughs> yeah, man. I I was thinking about the um the Norm McDonald bit also. Ooh, which one? Fighting? Little fornicating. What bit is this? 
Ah, it's nothing. Oh, I want to hear it now. I, d- I love Norm Macdonald. What is it? I don't I don't remember the rest of the bit. I'll have God to God damn it. The, uh, you later. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> um the, the joke goes something like, "Hey, you want you want to join me later for a little uh little, you know, at at my place there's going to be a little fighting, little fornicating." And then I some I you know, I can't say the rest of the lead, the lead up cuz I don't remember it, but the punchline is that it's just going to be you and me, right? You, you think someone, someone's asking you about this, and you think it's go, oh, it's going to be like a whole party going on. Oh, no, it'll just be you and me. <laughs> anyway. Well, that was anyway. a good note to end on. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so uh, I guess uh, one quick note for anyone who's still around. Um, I think we're deciding to change this to a bi-weekly show. So, um, we kind of have been by proxy on accident, kind of making this an almost kind of bi-weekly show anyway, due to life complications. But generally I think it's just easier for us to get more shit to talk about within a two week span than a one. So, Mm -hmm. and give people more time to listen to it too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys will have episode 23 in uh uh hopefully one day short of two weeks from now yeah that's the plan all right well i am invictus Knox. you can find me everywhere on the internet as invictus Knox with a v invictv's Knox, as some people say me say me english words hard cat mia dash twitter twitch twitch.com twitter.com dash retro my Twitter isn't worth mentioning. I stream on Twitch. That's all that matters. Go to Twitch. That's where you find Dash. And here on YouTube. Give us a subscribe if you like it. Just uh, give us a thumbs up or thumbs down if you like or dislike it. I don't know, man. We're just trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. Till episode 23. There you go. All right. Thank you. See you later, guys. <laughs>